Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Donkey No Connection podcast for David Untuck. All things professional wrestling. Wrestling. We are actually doing wrestling today yeah. because we had good wrestling. We did. Yeah. A couple nights ago. I mean, we've had some good sports, but we've uh we've come put our heads together, smashed, thought about some uh good planning here. Yeah. And uh Doink will be back effective next week. Effective so, next week on Wednesday. Yes. What a great way to close out the month of September and introduce the month of October. With the return of Doink. With the return of Doink. We didn't plan that. Nope. Just kind of friggin' happened. I love how the stars align. I know. Well, tonight we will be discussing um, NXT and AEW from Wednesday, September the 23rd. Both very good shows. Oh, my God. Start to finish, you know, for me, um, start to finish, NXT just doesn't miss a beat. You know what I mean? There, There's very, very slim occasions where they miss, where they it's a swing and a miss. Sometimes they'll they'll uh, hit singles, doubles. Sometimes they'll hit it out of the park. But I, there's I, I very few times they strike out. I really, I don't, I can't think of the last time that there was a huge swing and miss when it came to NXT. Um, just like uh, two weeks ago, the Gargano Knox Ray thing. Dude, I had no problem with that. I have no problem with any of that weird Gargano stuff that they do. I actually love it. <laughs> People were dogging it from the beginning. I loved every I loved every wasn't aspect it, of was it. Was it this week or last week that Gargano Oh, it might have been on Instagram, but Gargano was sitting there ordering the PS5 while Candace was cutting a promo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I think it was Instagram. You're all yeah. right. I dude, I love everything about those guys. Yeah. It, it, it's awesome. They work so well as the heels that they that they're creating. Oh no. They're ordering a TV because Candace broke the other TV. Yes. That's what it was. Yes. Yes, you are right. Um but yeah, I mean NXT Week in and week out, it's it doesn't miss. No, you know what I mean. Even when it does stuff like we're gonna get to one of the matches on this particular show, that was just some you know enhancement talent, development talent from the performance center getting a little bit of screen time. You know, even though it wasn't the greatest match in the world, it was nice to see some development talent. Another name being placed on television. There was actually a lot of enhancement talent. Performance Center recruits. Well, yes, because of the women's in battle. The women's battle royale. Yes, yes, that was actually really nice because it kind of changed the pace a little bit. Because that's actually how the the well the show opened. The show up opened with, with a memorial to uh, Laranitis Animal. Yes, uh, Road Warrior Animal. Um, for all who aren't aware, he passed away. Uh, it was uh, Wednesday. Yes, yes. Um, so now the Road Warriors are both riding Together. their motorcycles. Yes, you know through the pearly gates. So you know. Everything seems a little bit better in the world with that when when they're teamed back up. Yeah, but moving on to the first match of the night, um, show opened with a lot of people in the ring. Yes, um, including some big names: Shotzi, um, Cade, uh, Caden Carter, and Casey Cantanzaro, yep. Dakota Kai, Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez, um, Candice Aaliyah. Well, Candice was the first to come out. Yes. She was the first one to come out. I'm talking the people that were in oh, the ring. I oh, got physically. the jobber, Andrews. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the two big names to come out actually on TV, Candice, uh, Rhea. Okay. They were the only two to come out on TV. This was almost a one-for-one one going back and forth competition between Rhea and Raquel eliminating people. Well, so to me, this was a tale of two halves. 
There was the first the half. The first half was when just Rhea them two. And Raquel running it. Just going back and forth, eliminating all kinds of people. Um, you obviously had the spot with Casey Cannizzaro with her miraculous save that she, she does. She had multiple. I mean, she's she incredible. And, she and Kofi Kingston always have the best battle royale spots. Yes. Um, so until Rhea and Raquel had eliminated, been eliminated, they and eliminated each other pretty crawling much. Crawling into the back. That's when the second half of this match started. Exactly. And when you get to that point in the match, kind of giving you a quick rundown here, um, you had uh, Shotzi, LeRae, Hartwell, Dakota Kai, and Casey Cannizzaro, who are left in the ring yes. at this point. Yeah. Okay. Hartwell was the first to go, followed by Cannizzaro. What's nice is, at this point, you have... Dakota and Candace kind, kind of, of teaming up yes. on Shotzi. Yes. The heels taking on the face, yes. which it's a dynamic we've seen so many times. Yep. Shotzi gets the, uh, the face, gets the upper hand on one of them, and you know whichever one is eliminated out of those two heels, the other one's going over. Yes, correct. That's because... almost all the time what happens, except for the 18 Rumble when it was the Bella Twins against Asuka because one of the Bellas eliminated the other, that's when the face goes over. Yes. But what's nice about this is that this allows you to, A, keep Shotzi, who, was it last week or the week before? week before had the... A match with EO. EO. So it keeps her really near the top of that while also establishing her and Dakota yeah. as a little bit of a feud right there. Yeah. And then puts LeRae right where we thought she should be. She'll be the one to challenge at TakeOver. At TakeOver against EO Shirai. Which... And- it's funny how the roles have reversed on these two in like eight months. Yeah, I know. It used to be EO, EO was, was the heel, heel. Candice was the face. face. Yes. EO is still a heel. I told you she's still a heel because the things, the, the way she still acts, the mannerisms, during that Shotzi match, she still had heel tendencies. Yeah. So she's still a heel. But the difference is there's tiers of heels. Which heels do you like better than other heels? Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be a great match because these two women just put on great matches. Yeah, they do. So a little bit of an interlude here. The NXT Loud theme song is by none other than Slipknot frontman Corey Taylor Mm -hmm. on his new single uh, solo album. Yes. Which I am very interested to hear when it comes out. It's out. It's already out. CMFT is out. Yeah, yeah. It's got so so many of his songs are already out on whether it's SiriusXM, Apple Music. Yeah, me and my kids have been listening to it. It's not bad. It's um, it's not Slipknot. Oh no, it's the same thing. It's uh, talk about a tangent. Uh, it's the same thing as uh, like Slipknot versus Stone Sour. He yeah. just didn't want to deal with Stone Sour anymore. I guess I'm okay. He has another tangent. If you read, uh, he had an interview recently in which he basically said that he was just done with de- done dealing with like personalities, and he, he just, just wanted wants to, to make, make something for the love of music that yeah. he enjoys. So whether that's a knock on Slipknot, it's a knock on Stone Sour, whatever it might be. I don't think he's done with Slipknot. Oh, he's not done with Slipknot. No way. No, no. There's still a lot to do with that band, man. I mean, Slipknot is the bread and butter of what ever any of those guys within that band do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Corey Taylor is a very talented musician, so he can go out and he can branch out and do what he does. Sean Crahan's a very talented musician. If he wanted to go out and make another band like he had in the past, he could do it. Jay Weinberg clearly is one of the best drummers in the world. He goes and he can drum for anybody else in the world. You know yeah. what I'm saying? James Root's a talented musician. Mc, Mc Thompson's a talented musician. Craig 
Jones, who just kind of sits back there on his little, uh, his little synth. Uh, no, yeah, he just does his, uh, his uh, drops and stuff like that. He's talented. Sid Wilson, DJs, DJ Starscream is his alter ego. Just run down the list, man. It's a very talented band. Yeah. But Corey's other sound is a sound all on its own. Yeah. It is so interesting. His his sound solo is very different than his sound Slipknot. Yes. Very, 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 very different. Back to NXT. Yeah. Moving back to NXT. Um, Jake Atlas and Tommaso Ciampa. Another surprisingly good match. You got yeah. a top tier talent bringing With a mid card talent. Another mid card talent who Jake Atlas maybe should have been written off for a little bit longer, considering yes. the size of the attack that he suffered. This is what we were talking about with privately off air about the whole. Um, oh God! Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! Sasha Banks and yeah. Bailey thing. I. You didn't like what they did. I liked what they did because it gave Bailey another chance to attack Sasha and maybe worsen the injury. I it's not the fact that I don't like that she attacked her. I just think they should have Sasha gets three words out, then she's attacked. She doesn't get the chance to cut that promo. Okay. That's well, just where I feel. Well, regardless, this was a match. This was two guys going at it. Um you know, Tommaso Ciampa essentially had control throughout the entire match. There yep. was, there were the spots, the uh, middle rope uh, moonsault that Atlas did to the yeah. outside. Um, but my favorite part in this match was the fact that Ciampa hits Willow's Bell, the Willow's Bell, and then taunts Atlas. He tells him he, to get up. Yeah, he he kind of pins him, but not hooking the leg or anything, or not grabbing his hair like normally what they do. He's pinning him, and then. It, at one, not at two, at one, sits up, kind of rolls himself back and says, get up, I'm not done with you. Yeah. And then hits him with another... No, he hits him with the fairytale ending. Yeah, the fairytale ending. And, and then, then pins him. Then gets the win. I love that dynamic. I it... love... Sorry to cut you off. Um, Earlier on in the match, Atlas went to go set up for what Champa did to him on the ring apron, underneath the apron, and the ref is yelling... Don't do it. It'd be a disqualification, blah, 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 blah. And Atlas being the face in this situation stops. Mm-hmm. Where Champa would have gone and done it. He didn't care if he got... Oh, yeah. And that's what the thing about Champa himself is it allows him to get back to that just... Bastard. Yeah, heel. heel. Like, he just doesn't care. You know, he comes out in that new gladiator mask and he shows... Which sho- is incredible. One... The mask shows no emotion, but then underneath the mask, once he takes it off, the only emotion he shows is just pure anger. Yeah. I cannot wait to see him back at the top of the card yeah. b- battling that top level again. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. It's not that he's not performing and not doing what he needs no, this to is be bu- doing. This is what they need him to do, though, yeah. right now. They need him to help build other talents. Yeah, because NXT, we, we NXT kinda, is very top-heavy. Well, that's what we were talking about. It feels like within the last year of NXT being on TV, they really haven't built any new talent. Personally, I, I think that's completely false. I think NXT has built a ton of new talent in their in their ranks over the course of the year. I think a lot of it's happened in the back half, not in the front half. Yeah. So like you're talking about Cameron Grimes, and you're talking about Damian Priest, and you're talking about, I mean, even something as dumb as what they were doing with um, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. You know what I mean? Like they're building talent. Yeah. It's just that 
all of their Bronson Reed. Yeah, all of their like m- titles kind of always get filtered back into that top echelon, and they get to the get back to the UE, the or real Balor or anything like the that. The real flip of when they really started to build these talents was the breakout tourney. Oh well, every year when they do the breakout tourney is when they start introducing. I think this was the first year they did the breakout tourney. No, 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 but they've done other like the cruiserweight classic, yeah. and th- that's and the what I mean. NXT uh, UK Championship, yes, and all yes. that such. Th- the May Young are, Classic. Those are all kinds of breakout tournaments. They just didn't word it that way. You yeah, know what I'm saying. So I think um, they've done a good job building up that mid card talent. They had the new top talent. They had Karrion Cross, and unfortunately yeah. he got hurt. Yeah. And there's nothing we can do about that, and there's nothing he can do about yeah. that. It's a fluke injury. Two guys who are very safe in the ring. It just happens. Yeah. Um, But the knock has been that, well, instead of trying to find a new talent or creating a tournament or something like that, they just rushed it and they put it on Balor. They just put Ballard. it on Balor, yeah. And I have no problem with that, I have especially no problem with it at all. when we get to the end of this, because, one, Balor has been caught in promos the last couple of weeks saying, line them up. I'm going to knock them all down. I don't care who you give me. Yeah, I'm going to take them all out, and I'm going to hold my title because I am the greatest NXT champion to ever wear this belt. Which, aside he, from Adam Cole, pretty damn true. There yeah. have been some amazing champions. There have, but none of them. None of them touch Balor. None of them touch Cole. Yeah. Yeah. So, the next match... Was incredible, strange, but it was really, really good. Considering considering that these two teams, none of these guys have ever worked together as a tag team. Yeah, the chemistry between these four guys was out of this world. First of all, Sherlock Holmes Fandango. Yeah, Mwah. Sherlock In- Dango. Incredible, absolutely. And I think incredible. the funny part wasn't it Regal that was back there with him. Yes, like. I don't get at all what you're doing here. And then he's trying to explain it like it's it's uh Roddy uh Roddy something and like making fun of all their names. Yes. And uh Birch spelled B I R C H um and some they, he was like making fun of their names. Yes. But yeah. it was like just changing them slightly. I don't remember exactly what they were. No, it's just it Essentially wh- this match was the the four teams that are in the hunt. Yeah, remember we were talking about how there's no tag teams in the WWE. When we when I said that the other day, there's no tag teams on Raw and SmackDown. No, it's NXT is NXT loaded. has so much talent. Okay, uh, Legato del Fantasma. Yep. Which, oh, which he said uh, El Gato. El Gato, <laughs> which was funny. Um, Imperium, uh, Birch and Lorcan, the uh, and Yui. Brit, uh, it's the. Britam Express, I Br- think. Britam Brawlers or Britam Express, it's one or the other. Yeah. Essentially, one member of each team is put into tag teams. So, in this case, it was um, Imperium and Legato and Spurgeon's, uh Lorcan and Yui. They're the two teams. They face off against each other. So, it was Strong Birch, uh, Mendoza, Fabian. Yep. The winner of that face off, I believe, next week in a number one contendership match. So, come to the end of this match... It's Birch and Strong going over, so it's going to be UE against Brit M in the number one contendership for Brizango's titles. I can't wait. I can't wait for for Brit M versus UE because I've seen that tag team match live, albeit it was a ladder match and there were other people involved. Yeah. Dude. Birch and Larkin 
can go. Oh, yeah. Can go. And you know what? Quietly, quietly, what people aren't realizing is that Birch and Larkin have a very Gargano and Champa relationship. Yeah. Because they were enemies at first. They were. They were feuding for a while. For a long time, just like at the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Then they got partnered up. Very Sheamus and cesaro Yes. Now, I don't see them ever having Splitting? an implosion. No. I think they work so well together. I think I don't think they'll ever have an implosion for the reason that they work better as a tag team. Not like Gargano and Ciampa didn't, yeah. but they got to that echelon, they got to that level that a breakup was huge. Yeah, it needed to happen. It and to. and their because, feud was incredible. Yeah, and I'm not, and it's not a knock on Birch and Lorcan. Birch They're and not, Lorcan, if th- they were to feud, it would be mid card bound. Yeah, and it would be two or five live, bound. one or two off. Correct. Uh, one or two off matches. Yeah, and it unfo- wouldn't be a massive cross nine month. Yeah, and, build. And that's nothing against the guys, but like one of my favorite matches that I've ever seen live was at a an NXT show in Lowell, Mass, and they tagged up with. Uh, Matt Riddle, and you know how they do like the one two? They would do they would chant in one two bro. Like That's awesome. the entire place, all thousand people that were there, just That's one awesome. two bro. It was incredible. So good. And that was back when um the team that they faced off against was Cole, Champa, Gargano. Was it them? Because I remember there was a Cole Champa Gargano against Dream. Somebody else. It was Dream and two other people that took on Cole Gargano and Champa. Champa. I think it might have been Riddle, Dream, and Lee. Maybe I remember seeing this match advertised. Yeah, it was. It was. I know exactly when it was. It was during halftime havoc this year. Yeah, yeah. That that's something completely different. Yeah. That no, this was in Lowell. It was like a small venue. It was a lot of stuff that happened that night. Um. Uh. That was the first time I saw uh, Mia Yim perform live. Oh, she's I, so good. It was her and Bianca Belair. Oh my God, their chemistry. What a great match that was. Um, got to see uh, um, Shayna Baszler with both Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir. Marina Shafir in her corner. Oh, that, which I think Shafir was in the battle royale. Yeah. Yeah. Which is strange. Well, we got got one of them at Raw Underground, so whatever. Um, but whatever, dude, I cannot wait to see this tag match next week. Oh, it's the, gonna the be great. Chem- the chemistry that these two guys have, being a tag, tag team, team never working together, is now going to just be exponential once you yeah. bring the other two guys to the ring because oh, it's just going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I don't think there's anything major, major main eventy being set for next week in terms of a match. Yeah, because everything's building to October 4th. So it's going to have to be that match. Yeah. That match is either going to open or close that show. Yep, exactly. Um, Next thing we had was uh, Damian Priest and Austin Theory. Non-title match, building two mid-guy, mid-car guys. Yep. Um, Priest gets the victory relatively quickly. Um, But before this, Gargano was on the TV, or not the TV, the screen... Um, basically upping theory. Yeah, but kind of like getting into Priest's head a bit, mm-hmm. and kind of saying that Priest isn't focused enough. Priest is all about the party, mm-hmm. which he is. Yeah, I mean, but when he needs to get serious, he gets serious. He can. 
You are right. And he's proven that. Yeah. Because otherwise, he wouldn't have won that belt. Oh, no. They wouldn't have put that belt on him if they no. didn't think they could get that character to be turned around a little bit. No. He reminds me a lot of um, Big Daddy Cool Diesel from yeah. back in the day. When yeah. they put the Intercontinental Championship on him. And then they shot him to the moon very quickly. Oh, yeah. Rich Holland and Antonio DeLuca. This is what I was talking about when I said that they introduced a... Uh, enhancement talent. Kind of enhancement talent, but... Performance, know, center, performance center recruit. Yes. I like what you said about Rich Holland before we got on the air. That they may push him to the moon. Yeah. And they may just use him as kind of like cannon fodder against Finn Balor. Balor? Yeah. I like that idea. It all depends on what kind of reception you know who, he continues to get. You know who he reminds me of? And this is kind of my time, a little bit your time. Um, late your time, early my time, because that's when he was really having his matches. He gives me a very Finley vibe. Okay. With that brawler, yeah, 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 and always carry. He has his club, but it's almost like Finley Shillelagh. You know who he reminds me of? William Regal. Yeah, I think it might just be that UK thingy. Yeah, that UK strong style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, brawler. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of William Regal. Not as many holds. Like he's not no. as, not as technical. He's sound, more of a throw, but he's a and throw and pound guy. Yeah, you know what I mean, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna just strong style you. Oh yeah. Um, and then the gauntlet elimination match. Now, this is different than a traditional gauntlet match. Because traditionally in a gauntlet match, people enter once somebody else has been eliminated. Not in this match. This match is starts with two, and then as the match continues every four minutes, someone is brought into the I match. I didn't realize it was like that. It's yes. almost like it's almost the like elimination ba- chamber, yes. but without the chamber. Correct. So that's why they were getting a little bit more of like the dynamic of two-on-ones, two-on-two, whatever it may be. There's a lot to go over in this match, but all I can say is it came out in a bang when you start with Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida. Oh, my God. Just giving them four minutes on their own inside the ring. First of all, wicked big praise to Kyle O'Reilly. He ran the table on this match, first of all. Yeah, he did. Okay? Second of all... Everything was so technically clean in this match from when you had these two guys in the ring and then you're going to go and bring someone like Bronson Reed out and then you bring out somebody like, um, oh, God, Velveteen Dream. And after Velveteen Dream, you, it, dude, it was just a super clean match. Everybody got their spots in. I love the way the match finished, first of all. Like th- that ending sequence with um, the cave-in. Yeah. Where Grimes tried to hit the cave, well, hits the cave-in, and then O'Reilly kicks out and then gets him in gets him in like a knee bar and gets him to tap out. Perfect ending sequence. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing I like in this about this week's NXT, two members of the UE look strong, and neither of them were Adam Cole. Yeah. Neither of them were Adam Cole. They were actually the two guys who kind of been on the back burner because one was away filming a movie and the other one was afraid of. Dexter Loomis and hiding in trunks. <laughs> yeah, Strong was afraid of trunks for a while. Yeah, exactly. Now, what I thought was really interesting was when Strong and uh, Cole came out to celebrate with O'Reilly. Cole kind of slowly went into it, realizing that somebody else in the UE is going for his belt. Is going for his title. Yes. Which. Does this cause any dissension 
I don't think it does because O'Reilly won't come out with that belt. But does this cause any dissension in the UE? It only causes dissension if somehow UE gets involved in the match and it somehow backfires and costs O'Reilly the match. Yeah. It's the only way. And if if that Cole, could if Cole, pos- and it, it's not going to be strong or fish that do it. It's going to be Cole. Because yeah, Cole's going to come out to try and make sure the belt comes back to UE. So that way he can get O'Reilly to lay down for him. The to finger get poke the, doom. Exactly. And, o, and Cole costs O'Reilly the match. And then Cole is excommunicated from the big uh, from the UE. We'll see. I don't think they'll ever excommunicate Cole. I just think it'll start creating the rift. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just NXT was great. Yes, week. it was. NXT was really great. Yes. AEW, give me two hours of uh, Brody Lee, and I'll be a happy boy. All right. So again, oh, his promo, bro. I'm happy that we're getting this version. Of Brody Lee. I'm happy that he's able to talk. He's on the mic. He's given, like, you know, this true, like, villainous character that he can easily do. I mean, he did it on the indies before he became Luke Hopper. And then he came to the E with Luke Hopper. And now he's back to being Brody Lee. But, and I preface this with a but, he could not stay healthy in the E. No. So it is not fair to say that the E didn't utilize him right because they were utilizing him right because, one, when he was in the Bludgeon Brothers, he was phenomenal. Yeah. Okay? When he was the leader of the Bludgeon Brothers. When he, when he was slapping around Hopper. Rowan. Rowan, I should say. Yeah, Eric Rowan. When he was slapping him around and just acting like the absolute badass leader that he's acting like right now but didn't need to use his words, he was awesome. Yeah. Okay? I don't fault the E for any of these guys who are coming on to AEW now who all they're talking about is, I need to reach for the brass wearing blah, 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 blah. Listen, clearly they didn't see something in these guys. And when they did see something in them, there was a bad booking decision that happened. And then the, and then the talent, unfortunately, instead of working around that bad booking decision, decided to just hold it against the E until they could get their freedom. Yeah. Which is kind of not justified. Look at Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns' first ever heel promo, he used the words suffering succotash against Seth Rollins. Yeah. Somehow, down the line, several years later, we got what we wanted. We yeah. got we got a great true Roman heel turn. Exactly. It just took where so we got a true Roman heel turn where he legitimately came out. One week after returning and became the champion. Yeah. That never happens. No, it doesn't. In the WWE uh, Unless right you're now. Brock Lesnar. Unless you're Brock Lesnar. <laughs> but one in each hand, who's in the middle holding them both? Paul Heyman. Exactly. Just like he did with CM Punk. Just like he did with the Big Show. I mean, Paul Heyman <laughs> Curtis knows... Axel. <laughs> yeah, he knows... Well, that might be his one downfall. But... He knows how to pull the strings. Yeah. But back to AEW, yes, it, from what I read, because I did not watch this show, it was a good show. So if you'd like to start, we can go over show it. show opened with the best man in Kip Sabian, uh, Miro in Kip Sabian, mm-hmm. against um, 
I guess they're going by the name Superbad of uh, Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. Okay. I guess they're going by the name Superbad. Um, Miro showed off in this match until he took a bad fall out the ring and tweaked his ankle. He was legit injured, but mm-hmm. he came back, um, hit a huge um, move that he's calling the game over. I'm not sure if it's um him or Sabian. I think it's Miro's. Yeah, it is Miro's move, the game over, um, to tap out. I believe it's Janela. Um, it's good, but the injury was scary because Miro's first match in AEW gets hurt. Tweaked ankle. He'll be back for the next TV tapings. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, next match was Page versus Eva Luna. Oh, Ang- uh, Hangman Page getting uh, involved with um, the Dark Order. Yeah, kind of. Uh, Omega was on uh, commentary for this um, back and forth match. Um, Page ended up uh, winning with a buckshot lariat. Um, but the Dark Order, uh, Evil Uno, found ways to cheat throughout this, um, which is what the Dark Order well, does. That's, that's how they do it. I mean, that's the thing about that type of faction. That, that they're going to take whatever shortcuts that they can. I mean, just look look at some of the old factions from back in the Attitude Era who did the exact same thing, whether it's the Ministry of Darkness yeah. or the um, Nation of Domination. I mean, you can't really think of any factions modern day that have done that. Yeah. I mean, the authority? Yeah, maybe. Um, but eventually Uno sends the rest of the Dark Order to the back and say, I got this, don't worry. That's when Paige turns and wins the match. He runs away with the match. Um, following that, uh, Shivoni and the Bucks are found backstage. And um, Jackson, Matt Jackson says that he's, he and his brother Nick have been through so much disrespect. And then once Tony mentions uh, the revival, FTR... Uh, Matt looks at the interviewer's phone, takes it, smashes it, and throws cash at the uh, the interviewer to say, buy a new one. Essentially, almost concre- uh, concreting their heel turn. Yeah, I mean, we've been they've been really teasing this heel turn for some time, yeah. so it's going to happen. I just don't know how you're going to have two heels facing off for the top belt. Yeah, the... Uh, Next match was Brody Lee versus Cassidy, Orange Cassidy. Um, essentially, Dark Order distracted Cassidy before the match and took advantage. Um, Lee just stood there, watched him, and then when Cassidy got ready to go in the match, Lee let him do the first move, which he hit the most devastating move in all of professional wrestling, the shin kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially... Lee just ran this match after that. Yeah. Um, he did not let um, Squeeze get any too much offense in. Um, essentially, well, Orange did get a little bit of um, offense in with a bunch of uh, DDTs towards the end of the game, uh, end of the match, but hit with a huge discus lariat afterwards that lays him out. Yeah. I mean, that's... Biggest point of this segment. Here we go. Return of Cody. Yes. Huge, man. Huge. And I love I love what Brody Lee did backstage, interrupting yeah. the next segment and just tearing apart Cody. 
telling yeah. them, oh, you're just going to sacrifice all your friends because you're afraid to fight me. Well, I can't wait to get this dog collar around your neck and just start dragging you around everywhere. Oh, so- Calling him out for for leaving for five weeks to let an actual man do his job. Essentially running the mid-card division. Yeah. Um, Calling next- out his wife. Yeah. <sighs> Calling out his brother. Yep. Saying that he laid out his brother. Yeah. He um, let it, he let his brother fall in, uh, fall out to be a sacrificial lamb. What kind of yeah. brother? What kind of brother does that? Yeah. Next segment um, was Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party calling out Chris Jericho, saying that he wants a match against Jericho uh, for doing what he has done to him. Um, essentially, uh, Matt Hardy and Private Party find their way to the ring, um, where Matt Hardy blames Chris Jericho for his uh, previous attack last week. Um, Inner Circle arrive, um, followed by uh, all the rest of them, um, and Jericho says that he's not happy. Um, he's not behind what happened to Hardy last week, um, but he would gladly go in there and beat the hell out of him. Um, I like their dynamic. I like, you know, I like what Jericho and Hardy have become in AEW. They've become elder statesmen. Yeah. They're building up other talents, whether it's Orange Cassidy or Sammy Guevara, whatever it may be. The only thing that's my problem with this whole thing is that you've seen the um, Jericho's group. Inner Circle. Inner Circle. You've seen them fall way the hell down the rankings as far as like the types of matches that they're having. Everything seems to be more gimmick based. You know I, you know they used to be at the top, top, top pinnacle of AEW. Yes. But you they know they were running the show. But you know who have found their way from irrelevancy at a point to top, top, top Top of AEW, Dark Order. Dark Order. Yeah, yeah. The group that we thought at the very beginning was going to be one to be reckoned with because they went into the original tag team tournament undefeated, and they got knocked out in the first round. Yeah. All of a sudden, have flipped the script on everybody, and it's good to see that different talent being showcased at the top. But man, what a fall from grace for the Inner Circle. Yeah, they've Jericho's been in gimmick matches. Guevara's been in gimmick matches. LAX has fallen off. Yeah, they're not doing anything um, really. Hager's not doing much of all of anything. Um, I just feel like they it's have upsetting. They have. I feel like there's nothing for them at this point. Yeah, they're just using them to fill time on a two-hour show, and then they're giving them a little bit of time on a pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, next was a Tully Blanchard and FTR promo in the ring. Excuse me, where. FTR announces that in the next coming weeks, they're going to have the brush with greatness rule. The 20-minute brush with greatness rule um, where the tag champions are going to have 20-minute time limit contests with a bunch of challengers, um, including SEU, uh, Best Friends, and Zatanna and Ortiz. Um, they're going to have multiple matches coming up against them. I don't know if they're for the belts, but I think it's just for if you can beat us, you'll be in the consideration for a championship match. I think it's going to be more of not if you can beat us, if you can last 20 minutes with us. Yeah. 
because I mean, if you beat the champion, you should get the belt. It's simple as that. It shouldn't be a consideration thing. I think this is more of them building up to that next tag team that may be coming down the line because that with their technical prowess and Tully Blanchard in their corner, I mean, again, it is what it is. We know how wrestling is kind of planned out. None of these teams are going to last 20 minutes in the ring No, with FTR. None of them. None of them. No. It, the question is, is, which tag team are they going to build after these three teams get basically owned? And I think it's Lucha Bros. Lucha Brothers are heels. I know. They're going to have heels against heels FTR? I think there may be a turn coming. FTR face turn? Nope. Lucha Brothers face yes. turn. After what happened at the end of the show? I don't think so. Okay. I just... I'll explain what happened at the end of the show because I know you didn't watch. Yeah, I just have a... F- Regardless of what happened, I think they're the perfect team to go up against them. It rem- yeah. It's very... It's, u- it's it's very, very different kinds of styles. It's very Usos versus Revival. It's very New Day versus Revival. Yeah. Very different styles clashing. Yes. And that's why I think it would be the perfect grouping to face the Revival... Uh, to face FTR. Yeah. Uh, next segment was a tag match between Sheeta and Rosa versus Ivelisse and Diamante, which four great competitors. Yeah. Ivelisse and Diamante are incredible. And of course, Sheeta and Rosa are two of the greatest women's wrestlers in, in all of wrestling right now. Um, the faces go over in this, but this is a big, big showing for she, uh, Sheeta and Rosa building, not building for another possible match. But kind of saying that if there's another match, it will be a barn burner. As if the first one was not. Um, Great, great match. And faces go over. Um, I believe it was a sliding knee by uh, Sheeta on to Eva, uh, Diamante uh, for the win. Main, uh, final segment, which we forgot to mention. This was meant to be a six-man tag match in the main event. But because of what happened with, uh, what's his face, Lance Archer. Lance Archer has contracted COVID. Yeah, he's tested positive. He's one of four wrestlers, I believe, who've tested positive. Yeah, he went home to spend time at home. But when he, his, I think, grandmother went to go take their dog or his mother or something, went to go take their dog to the vet, they went with a friend. And a friend came down with COVID that handed it on to the mother that handed it on to Archer. So Archer was being safe. But he did not know going into it that there was COVID in the household. Anyway, he's gone down. He's fine. He's not having uh, over overbearing symptoms. Um, he'll be back in two weeks when he's clear. Mm-hmm. So we had Moxley versus Kingston in the title match tonight for Moxley's title. Moxley wins here, um, but afterwards, he's attacked by not only uh, Kingston, but um, Will Hobbs, who is Moxley, uh, not Moxley, Kingston's kind of buddy, mm-hmm. along with Jake the Snake, and Lucha Brothers. Pentagon and Phoenix attacked Moxley as well. So this is why I don't think there's a face turn coming from them anytime. Yeah, but soon. Moxley's not a face. Don't don't get it twisted. Moxley's a he's a tweener. Yeah, but he's not a face. Yeah, but uh, Kingston and Hobbs are definitely heels. No, I get that. 
But that's just the Lucha Bros taking advantage on a situation to get themselves more TV time. I don't think there's any kind of stable there going on. I think it's just heels helping heels is what my situation is. I don't think it's Lucha Brothers taking advantage of time, TV time. Okay, so how much TV time have the Lucha Bros been getting lately? Valid. I mean, I haven't been watching much of it. You know, Wednesday nights are my uh, my NXT and studying vocabulary with my daughter time. Yeah, valid. So I haven't been really watching much NXT, uh, AEW, but from a lot of the reviews I'm seeing, I don't see Lucha Bros on TV very often. Yeah. I, I, I'm not saying the Lucha Bros face turn is in three weeks or four weeks or eight weeks. I'm just saying there's a turn for those guys. At some Is point. there a turn face for them before FTR turns face? Oh, yeah. FTR's not going to go face. Tully Blanchard's their manager. But for how long? For a while. For a while. Okay. They're going to keep... Until Blanchard costs them the belt. Uh, yeah, until something happens with Blanchard costs them the belt, but I think they lose the belt to the Lucha Bros. <laughs> we shall see. We shall. But... Overall, who won Wednesday this week? Uh, again, it's unfair for me to say anything just because I didn't see AEW. But okay. for me, for me, NXT continues to put out excellent segment after excellent segment after excellent segment. They continue to bring out more enhancement talent and talent from the performance center. And they continue to be building really good programs within other really good programs. Yeah. With me, AEW, I'm enjoying it when I do watch it. But a lot of the stuff that AEW does is just rehashes of the same thing that WWE did in the past with some of these wrestlers or similar storylines that AEW is just re- recalibrating. And they're really shuffling up the hierarchy, which I'm not enjoying too much. Okay. I get what you're saying. But I think that basically finishes off this episode. If you guys did enjoy it, please comment down below, uh, like, share, subscribe the show. Also hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at our own personals um, or at Double Doink Network. Uh, questions, comments, concerns, or otherwise, just definitely let us know. If you want to hear anything specific, definitely hit us up. If you want to hear anybody specific on the show, if you guys want to have guests on the show, let us know and we will get some people on here. I already have one or two people that I'm trying to get on the show, um, but I think that basically finishes this episode off. I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we've got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.